Welcome to another episode of the Dumb and Dumbest Podcast, a music industry podcast where everything is terrible and the house is on fire. I'm Matt Bacon, here with my beautiful co-host, Keith of Ghost Cult Mag fame. What's up? And Keith, what are we talking about today? We're going to talk about getting your band signed and how sometimes having well-connected friends isn't going to help you. Yeah. And this is a big one I see. I, I, I think it's especially prevalent in New York uh, where there's a higher density of industry people, you know? Um, like you can go to a show and Mark from Ipecac will be there and I'll be there. And Bob, who used to be at Relapse, who's now handling the Prince catalog, is there. And that's like something that happens like pretty regularly you know in particular at St. Vitus Bar but like just because those people might have a drink with you doesn't mean you're going to get signed which I know sucks because we talk all the time about like networking and connections and stuff so wouldn't wouldn't you expect that it would pay off so why is the answer to that no well I think it's for a variety of reasons and you could substitute, you know, our experience is clearly tied to New York city, but you could, you could make this case for Los Angeles, Nashville, Chicago, Austin, Texas, anywhere there's a vibrant music scene uh, where the seat of the industry is. And I think, you know, I'm also a person I get approached all the time because I seem, I am well-connected. I seem well-connected globally as do you, as are you. And people ask me all the time, do you know this person? Do you know how I can blank? Can you help me with blank? And which most of the time, anything within my grasp, I'm down to help. Yeah. I want to, I want to help actually, but nepotism which is a given in society, you, you know, and in general, even in the corporate world, when I was, you know, very much in the corporate world, they want your recommendation of someone, you know, they want to choose someone yeah. connected to you, even if they're not competent, they want someone, you know, over a stranger with immaculate, uh, you know, an immaculate background, which is fine. I mean, like that's part of life and I'm not trumpeting this as a good thing, but sometimes having a well, well, it's just how it's just how human relationships work. Yeah, that's just how it is. That's just a given in life. I understand that people are mad about this, but sometimes it's not in your best interest to have your friend try to help you. If anything, it might even work against you. Yeah, because sometimes this is a complicated one. Um, it, it's it's very tricky to sort of understand how the music industry works until you're in it actively. Like I genuinely don't think I had, I think my understanding of relationships, et cetera, et cetera, like dramatic, especially with regards to like Europe versus the U S dramatically increased this year. Uh, And, and it also made me realize how little I know, you know what I mean? Um, 
And what this means is like, sometimes these people who are nice people who just are around, who, who, who know industry people just because they're at every show, again, it doesn't mean that they're going to get connected or anything. You know, it's the same reason that like getting your, your bassist's girlfriend who knows some cool people on the scene to manage you is a bad idea. You know, because like, if she hasn't actually done anything of merit, then she's not going to have any sort of respect around her. This exact thing is why part of the reason I didn't make it any further in the music business. Straight out, you just pulled, without knowing this, because you didn't know me back then or didn't know this about me, you literally just pulled an example out of my personal life. From, oh, I no, because that hap- that's, that's happened to literally everyone. Yeah, it's true. Is they, everyone has gotten... Um, Everyone in the world has had <clears throat> their bassist's girlfriend manage their band because she's an, she was nice and maybe had an MBA and, like, whatever. And, like, that's cool. Like, I'm sure bassist's girlfriend is cool, but, like, she doesn't know what she's doing. That's a separate podcast. In, the, but, in this case, yeah, it was the drummer's girlfriend, but, yes. Yes. It's no. totally true. Oh, oh, it's always a rhythm section girlfriend. For sure. <laughs> Guitar player's oh. girlfriend is too busy getting drinks and scoring blow. Exactly. And lead singer doesn't have a girlfriend. He's like, you know. Yeah, point being. You. Yeah. Point being. Um, what we're trying to say is like, just because you know someone doesn't mean they're going to sign you. Just because you get on an email with someone doesn't mean they're going to sign you. And this is for a couple reasons. One, these people are a lot more in demand than you think they are. Okay. And that's important, I think, to remember that like the amount of bands who pitch to me at Ripple is ridiculous. You know, especially given that I'm not actively soliciting pitches. Um, you know what I mean? So and, and then like the 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 inbox for submissions for some of these other labels is even crazier. You know, so it's like that's not really winning you any favors. Um Right. Furthermore, most, if you're going to be an A&R person, most A&R people on some level, and this includes myself, view themselves as like these wizard arbiter of tastes. Would you say that's basically correct, Keith? Um, I think that's partly correct. I think A&R is a bit of a lost art. I think a lot of bands don't understand what A&R is. I think a lot of fans don't know what A&R is. And sure. I think it's a little bit of a lost. There, There's a whole, yes, that's also, you know, it's definitely true what you said. I think there's other parts of the role in a more traditional sense that still matter today that you don't see because of money absolutely goals of the label or the fact as you so eloquently put it in the last few podcasts labels are looking for bands and also in your blog at ghost cult mag this week your bacon bloody bacon blog a lot of labels are looking for bands right out of the gate who have their shit together exactly don't need a lot of grooming and coaching and training about how to be a band they want to see that you already know how to be a band but i think my own two cents that A&R still matters. I think growing and nurturing an artist, I'm going to throw out some props. There's a couple of bands I can think of or artists. Um, 
now rebranded as Better Noise, formerly 11.7. They have huge artists, you know, whether you like them or not. Motley Crue, Five Finger Death Punch, Bad Wolves, uh, Fire from the Gods, who just interviewed those guys. But I see them spending a lot of time nurturing their younger bands, their younger artists, like Diamante, who's the rock singer. She was just on tour all, all year, basically, with Breaking Benjamin and Dorothy. Uh, she's like 21, 22 years old. She did a song with freaking Diane Warren, who wrote the Armageddon song for Aerosmith and won an Oscar award and has a billion awards and nominations. And they're really grooming her to be a superstar, like woman lead singer in a rock band, which is fucking amazing that they put the time and energy to nurture her. She's got talent and she's got showmanship and she's got social media prowess she came in with those things as a teenager absolutely and and that's that's the thing right and, and th- th- this kind of ties into like the really bitter truth i want to get at is like your band is not as good as you think it is well that's yeah i mean that's always and that, that, that that's really what a lot of this comes down to right it's like you're you're it's, it's and i'm not trying to be an asshole like i'm legitimately saying this from a place of caring like at the end of the day, and, and here's how you can tell if your band is good. If people are going to see you, then you're good. Like, like it's really not that hard. It's like if people, if you can promote yourself and go on a show and people are excited to see your band, that means people are, that means you're good. And like labels in the U.S. especially, Europe is slightly different, but labels in the U.S. will like really look at like what is your hometown draw as an indicator of are you good and are you worth seeing? You know what I mean? And I think that's an important thing to appreciate and to realize and understand as part of the strategy. Ah, uh, you know, it's really as simple as that. Um, Cause if no one wants to see, if no one wants to invest their time to see you, then they're not going to buy your record. Right. And, and then that's, to, that's all I'm trying to do is sell records. Right. Of course. And every label is trying to sell records. Yeah. They want to, they want to hire, they want to align with artists that are going to move product, but or or further their band their brand ethos as a label but so here's an important thing that i think it also matters is i think the problem especially for young artists and bands is they live in an echo chamber and they start believing absolutely they start believing their own shit which is you have to get in front of strangers you have to play in front of not your girlfriend and your best friends who have loved your music since you made the first tapes in your bedroom and this is across every genre uh, as we discussed this uh, on the podcast with Lady J. Bookums. Every genre has this same thing. Everybody believes you need to have a certain amount of self-confidence. You can have too much confidence. You need to, uh, you need to really understand how your music and your live performances are received in rooms and in headphones you don't control. Yeah. And you don't paper and you don't run. Um, and then at the same time, let's flip this around and say, okay, so you know a Matt Bacon, you know a Keefe, you know someone else well-connected, you know an Al Dawson, you know someone. You know someone in a band that's signed to a label you'd like to be on. What are the things? Let's do a quick checklist. Okay, this, that's, 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 a, that's a good idea. Okay. So let's be positive. You're right. Okay. So, so here's the thing, right? Is a lot of these people, myself included, if you're a random... Keith is like nicer than me, but if you're, if <laughs> you're, but like, 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 here it is straight out. 
Cause, cause this podcast is about honesty and not blowing smoke up anyone's ass, right? If you're a random New York band and you play stoner rock, for instance, okay. And you want to, and you maybe want to sign to ripple the odd. I am very happy to talk to you. If you come say hello to me or text me or whatever, the odds of me going out to your show when it's like a local show or like not something I actively want to be at is like extremely, extremely minimal because I just don't have a lot of time. Right. And I'm also never here. So when I'm here, I want to like chill. Um, and I think that, I think that's important to realize. And that's not me being an asshole. That's like everyone. It's very hard to get people, you know, like those people to go out to your shows. Cause like, I'm already at like two or three shows from bands I already work with in a week, you know? Um, and that's an important thing to appreciate. So the way you can get someone's attention though, is like, Hey, is commenting a lot on their Instagram because that makes people think you like them or think they like you like that. That's a weird psychological trick, but like engaging with people on social media is probably the easiest way to start getting them to realize who you are and what you're about. Would you agree, Keith? I do agree. And, and I think that's like a big thing that a lot of people are missing right now is that you need to be talking with people on social a lot. Um, furthermore, you need to make it very clear what your band is and what makes your band different. You know, like, I think a lot of people will send me bands and just be like, yeah, like we, we, we play death metal. And I'm like, okay, like, you know, like I need to understand what the difference, like why I should sign you. And like, this is literally a conversation I've had with bands is like, they don't necessarily have a reason they should be signed beyond we think our music is good. I mean, you isn't know? that everything right there? You need to have uh, almost a professional presentation style but, version but, of why yeah. is your band signable? But, but, but it's not, not just even, my music is great. It's not even like, an, it's not, and it's not even a question of having an EPK or something. It's just being like, you know, it's literally just a question of like, like for me, for instance, it would literally be, Hey Matt, I like your bacon spits. Um, the one about, I don't know, uh, go, going to shows reminds me of us because we go to a lot of shows uh, and it actually turned into, and then you put in your whatever actually like cool thing you did and you make the play from there. You know what I mean? Like I'm willing to listen, you know, like you can show people look, we did this notable thing or, oh, look, this is what sets us apart. You know, like we think about this a lot. That's why we dress like this on stage. You know what I mean? Or whatever. But you need to be able to consistently show what makes you different, what makes you signable, what makes you compelling, you know? Um, and sometimes it's just that like luck of the draw element. You know what I mean? But it's real. It's, it really comes down to that. It really comes down to like, Hey, look, here's the reason we're compelling. Why don't you pick us up and then go from there and understand. Like, I think one of my favorite uh, Brooklyn black metal bands is spite who are like, um, it's basic. It's a Jewish guy whose band is picking apart um, the Torah and Jewish culture. Right. And you like, even, open up the record backwards, like the Torah, right? Like it, it's fucking cool, you know? Edgy. And, but it's not edgy because it's actually like really, really smart. 
and like well put together and well presented and like very solid Euro second wave black metal. Mm. And so like that immediately catches my attention, right? And I think that's kind of the thing is like, how are you going to make people care about you beyond we're a death metal band who have a cool live show, I guess. You know, and like, how does the band get your attention, Keith? Um, first and foremost, knowing that Epstein didn't kill himself. That's one way. Obviously. obviously. Second, secondly, and obviously I'm, I'm not in a position to sign bands. But as a journalist and as a, as a person concerned with the plethora of bands popping up every day more and more, uh, as well as the history of all. Oh, and then and, and this ties into another key point, right? Is that there are so many goddamn bands, so many goddamn more than you think there are, so many more than I think there are. Uh, Greg Kennelty, our friend, dropped a really good tweet about this today, about how um, year endless come, and he's reminded about how little he knows about music. Which is coming from Greg, an expert about modern Yeah, music. Greg, who probably writes like five or six articles for Metal Injection every day. Right, right. Has his okay. hand on the pulse of bands. Yeah, like, like you're not going to find someone in metal who's more uh, aware. Right. To, to answer the question you posed to me before you interrupt. Yeah, me, so, yeah. sorry. For I a just, good reason. But yeah, that was an important point to make. It was a good, there are so many bands it's retarded, um, for lack of a better word. But the way bands get my attention is by showing me something unique. Be different. What is the key differentiator between you and everyone else that's doing what you do? Because invariably, it has all been done before. You are not making up a new subgenre. You are not yeah, and like, oh, uh, yeah, and this is the thing. This is the thing too. And, and, and you see this. A good example is on Shark Tank. You'll you'll see these entrepreneurs who come out and they're like, "Oh, we're the best at this and the best at that." Da, 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 da. And then all the sharks are like, "No, fuck you." Like that's a big factor. Like a lot of people will try to be like, "Oh, look at me, Matt. I've got da 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 da." And I'm just like, "That's not true." <laughs> hey, good. Good. Here's a, here's a little story time with Keefe for two seconds. Check this out. Over the summer, I was pretty down in the dumps, having a hard time in my life. Yeah. And I was trying to figure out where Ghost Cult's future is. We hit seven years this year, and I just want to keep growing the brand and being better. But also, I'm never going to be Decibel Magazine. And frankly, I'm never really going to be as big as Loudwire, Metal Injection, or Metal Sucks. Those are the, the top, top of the game. And I'm in the middle there somewhere. Awesome. I have a lot of integrity. I have a lot of high quality. I have a lot of good social media, a lot of traffic. But I'm just never going to be at the upper echelon just unlikely in my lifetime. Um, and so I asked, I had lunch with a very famous entrepreneur friend of mine that everybody might know who follows entrepreneurs. This person is on TV every week, so they're pretty famous. And I said, how do I take this thing that I have put every second and every bit of energy I have into and how do I make this thing a great business? And he said, what makes you different than the rest of them? And I was like, well, I'm better. And he's like, that can't be it. And it's probably untrue. And he doesn't know this business at all, but he knows how to make a business. He's flipped three businesses for multi-million dollar amounts in his career. So he knows how to, what, what makes a good business. And my first answer was, well, I'm better than most of them. And he said, that can't be, that's not enough, even if it was true and it's probably untrue. So he put me in my place and humbled me right away. And this is a lesson I think that everyone needs to know. You're not as great as you think you are. And we're not trying to be mean here. 
just try to understand that there's a lot of other people doing what you do and saying you're the best and even being the best is sometimes not enough because we all know bands that are amazing and doing the same thing a lot of other bands are doing and not getting the level of fame. Sometimes it's just luck. Sometimes it's timing. Sometimes it's, you know, there are a lot of bands that are ahead of their time, air quotes, because they just came along too soon before there was some kind of bubble in the scene or bubble in a subgenre. Or you're, you're, and sometimes it's not, it's not even that it's, I mean, yeah, the bubble, the bubble analogy is good. I think some of the most, there's one band in particular I'm thinking of that was probably the most like raw skilled band I've ever worked with who just were about 18 months too late on a trend and just never were able to go past a certain point. And that's just how it is sometimes. And that's also really sucks, right? It's like, if you're not doing the right type of music at the right time, like you're just kind of fucked sometimes. Right. Or in the case of, you know, I, one of the most, probably the biggest stories of 2019 has been Idle Hands. Uh, just finished touring with King Diamond. And there have been bands doing what Idle Hands has been doing for ages. But Idle Hands came along at this correct time. I, I passed on Idle Hands and I Did really you? regret it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that you do now, boy. Whoops. But, uh, that, that record's a beast and they are great live. But there are other bands that have been doing what they are doing for a long time. They're certainly not unique or original. They're just awesome in how they do it. They put it together in a great way. So sometimes that's all it takes. Don't be yeah. disheartened, bands. We're not shitting on you and we want to help you. No, we're, we're just saying that sometimes, you know, like just knowing the right person is not going to be the connection. And odds are that person isn't looking to sign some random band like i've like there's a really good rule in the music industry where where basically you say let let the people come to you not you go to them yes you know and that's really essential and i think any time that the people are going <clears throat> are reaching out instead of having people reach out to them like and I, like you should pitch yourself and stuff like it's important and it's important to let people know that you're interested, but like if you just start begging, you just look desperate and then it just turns into, Oh, that guy is just always going to beg me for a deal and I'm just never going to work with him. There's another guy like, and I, when I talk about these things, there's like specific people I'm thinking of who Keith also knows. <laughs> like, Whoops. You know, and then I'm not, but like, I wish they could figure it out. Cause I think some of them are very talented. It's just how it is. Point being, this has been Dumb and Dumbest. You've been listening. Thank you guys so much. God bless. Are we done yet?